Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Carry On Cast, which is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. I don't know why I'm saying it so seriously, but I'm so excited <laughs> to be with you. And here with me today is our friend. Hey, it's Pastor Megan. It's I'm, pa- I'm here with Pastor Kevin. Yep. We yeah. are both here. We're glad to be with you. We're yes. going to dig into Mark today. Continue on in Mark, actually. Yeah. I love that at least for the last number of weeks, we've been kind of going like piece by mm-hmm. piece, kind of marching our way through Almost this like gospel. Almost like by verse, like we'll pick up right where the other one left off. Yes. Today exactly. is not that. <laughs> today is not. Today is a very different day. Yeah. But before we get into the amazing story of the transfiguration, yeah. which is very fascinating in yes. and of itself, we wanted to give you a couple updates about what God is doing in our community right Woo! now. Yeah, um, so you hopefully know that we are in the middle of a capital appeal. It's called One Easter, One Mission. Uh, It's because we are trying to realize this 20-year-old dream of making sure we have the facilities and the resources to keep us going to where God has us pointed for the next 50 years. This summer is Easter's 50th anniversary. We want to make sure we've got another 50 years, 150 years, whatever it is God has in store for us. So uh, we're working our way towards being one church on one site so we can all come and go from the same front door and actually see each other's beautiful faces Mm -hmm. Um, and we can consolidate our ministry and our mission and our work and the staff can be in one office (laughs) please (laughs) we can actually see each other and work together please Um, but in order to do this we have to make sure that we are well resourced right we have to make sure frankly we have the money for it and we have a couple of different ways to make sure we can afford this project and one of the ways is you Friends, it's through you because we know that that we've got what we need. God is good and the resources are there. And so we're asking you to contribute uh, financially to be a part of this mission as well. Generations before us have been called upon and it is our turn. So you're going to hear more about that. You're going to hear speakers in worship. We've had a couple of really wow. beautiful Seriously. and powerful worshipers. Mm-hmm. If, you, uh, if you haven't heard... Uh, you know, like just for the first couple of weeks, like Dan Dan Carell just a little bit ago, uh, go back into the live stream recordings and, and don't even listen to the pastors. Who cares about us? <laughs> you hear us all the time. Listen to those speakers. Really powerful witnesses. Um, really beautiful stories. So you're going to hear more of that. You're going to hear um, more about how the project is going. You're going to get to see pictures of how the building might come together. One thing I just want you to keep in the back of your mind. We're not there yet, but it's close. On February 25th, so the last Sunday in February, February 25th, that's kind of the the pinnacle of the appeal for us. That is when we're going to put out the big ask to all of you. So I hope you've been thinking about it, praying about it, talking in your household about what your gift might look like. Um, But on the 25th, because we're so serious about all being together, all being under one roof, we are going to have one service on Sunday the 25th. One. What? One. Whoa. We're all going to pack into one room (laughs) and it's going to be sweaty and it's going to be awesome. So 945 on February 25th in the great room at the lake. That will be our only worship service that day. Afterwards, there is going to be a party. I am not kidding. There is going to be food trucks. It's going to be bonkers. I don't even know except to know that it's going to be amazing. So I just want you to put that like on your calendar mm-hmm. and in your heart and just know that it's going to look a little different just for that one Sunday. Um, but I'm excited about it. That's right. And it, it, it is during Lent. And it we'll is tell during you, Lent. We'll tell you about this, but I'm going to write to the bishop to ask for a special 
dispensation that we can unbury the Alleluia maybe for, for one. at least for one Sunday. As I have tended to say more and more lately, that like the, we were not created for the liturgy; the liturgy was created for us, right? right? So if we need to set it aside for a Sunday because it is appropriate to what God is up to among us for this week, mm-hmm. hey, a little Alleluia here and there might yep. not be like the worst thing, and then we'll get back to it being Lent. I promise. Yep. Speaking yep. of Lent, may I speak of Lent very briefly? Yes, please. Because we are leading up to Transfiguration Sunday mm-hmm. here. Transfiguration Sunday is liturgically the last Sunday before Lent begins. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So just a little note to self is that Ash Wednesday is on February 14th. You may recognize it as Valentine's Day. Hey-o. The church recognizes it as Ash Wednesday. Wah, wah. Very different vibes. This is, this is uh, a hard Heartbreaker. This is where we're going to have yeah, I'm not going to go any further. That's good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so February 14th. Um, This is how God shows us God's love. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I'm going to play that card. But what you need to know is that we'll have Ash Wednesday services at at noon and at 6.30 in the Hill Sanctuary. And then our midweek Lenten services will continue 6.30 every Wednesday night. until Holy Week. And don't worry about that. We'll tell you about that as that gets closer. <laughs> Aside from saying just yes, if it feels a little quick, a little early, it's because indeed Lent and Easter are early this year. Don't make me tell you why. <laughs> okay, we won't, we won't ask. We'll hold that question till we can corner you in person oh my gosh! after worship. And it involves math. Don't make me do okay, it. I promise. We will, we'll, <laughs> we will stop there then. Yes. So just a little heads up on those things, just so you all know. We're mm-hmm. looking forward to them. We hope you are too. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's tons of opportunities to continue growing, not only during this season, but also in Lent. Pastor Megan and Pastor Eric are teaching a class on doubt right now. We have uh, Wednesday nights during Lent. There will be a 24 Hours That Change the World, which is a book study about kind of Holy Week and the journey of that. So there's lots of opportunities to grow. I mean, this church is so boring. There's just nothing Nothing happening. Nothing happening ever. Nothing happening. Ah! Like, like, let's let's do it all. Let's do all the things. Don't you have centering prayer sessions? Well, yes, that's exactly it. Too. If I you mean, want to hop on. on that too, that's Thursdays. Yep, just short to the point. It's going to be great. All of this, easter.org slash learning, and you'll get connected there. So lots going on. Come on down, friends. Mm-hmm. We got stuff going on, including now this uh, this Transfiguration Sunday, which um, is weird. Yes. Can we own that? It's very weird. And maybe just even just to jump in first is to say, take a look at Mark chapter 8. And particularly looking at verse 27, this is right before we start picking up the story, but it kind of sets it up because Jesus is with his disciples. They're up in Caesarea Philippi, which is north of the Galilee. They're doing all the stuff. And uh, Jesus kind of like, I don't know how he does this. He sets him up with this question. Who do the people say that I am? And so they start responding, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. I mean, these are all well-known, you know, commodities about, you know, religious people, famous religious people of the time. But then Jesus makes it a little bit more personal and he asks them, but who do you say that I am? And I don't think it's necessarily just um, a personal, like you and Jesus moment. Mm. I mean, I think it's a y'all kind of situation too, uh, with the whole community 
communities. Who do we say that Jesus is in this time and place that we would do something crazy when all this doom and gloom about yeah. religious institutions collapsing and this and that, um, or reforming, however you want to look at that, right? Uh, but more to the point that uh, it's it's our time again to say who Jesus is. And so one Easter, one mission is our chance to be able to say, we believe Jesus is still relevant, still important. He's still good news. He still forgives sin. He still gives new life. Um, and that's something we want to celebrate here at Easter. Uh, and so it's it goes on though. It's, you know, it's like, who do you say that I am? And then Peter answers, well, you're the Messiah, which is that, that powerful title. But that kind of sets up then the next kind of situation where we see Jesus actually show us what that maybe means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because as that story continues, um, I mean, you know, just continuing on before our actual reading, this is where you know Jesus is like, yeah, I wanna have to suffer. Yeah, terrible things are gonna happen. And Peter goes, uh, oh, no, no, no way. No, thank you. That won't happen. <laughs> Peter, who yeah. literally just said, oh, you're the Messiah. You are the anointed one of God, right? Mm-hmm. And he, revealing that Peter thinks a very different thing about mm-hmm. what that means. Uh, so if you've ever used the line, get behind me, Satan, <laughs> this is where it comes from. Because Jesus oh. literally pulls Peter aside in front of everyone and hits him with a get behind me, Satan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Called to the principal's office. There it is. Um, so so that is that is the setup for what we're about to hear. Yes, exactly. It's huge. It's huge. So I wanted to be able to share this passage with you. Uh, it's verse starting at chapter 8, verse 34, and extends into 9 to verse 8. Uh, so I just invite you to listen along with me. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If you want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? I've heard that. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Verse 35, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in glory of his Father with the holy angels. And Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Wow. Picking up now in verse six or verse two, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared with them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. That's how it lands in the text. <laughs> Isn't that so Don't tell strange? anyone. And we're writing it. Well, this happens a lot in uh, in, in Mark. The mm-hmm. language for it is the, the messianic secret. Mm-hmm. It's this uh, tendency of Mark in particular that whenever someone kind of 
gets it figured out, like kind of figures out what Jesus is on about, uh, he he informs them that they must not tell anyone else. Don't. Just stop. Right. Just stop right there, which is pretty much the opposite of what we as Christians believe we are called to do, which is right. to preach the good news. <laughs> are we supposed to like say something about this? This is right. right. And there's so many different theories about why that exists, why Jesus says don't do it. I, and, and, and they're all disparate, right? So it's, I think it's worth noting things. Some of the ideas are maybe Jesus realizes word can't get out yet, right? Mm. It's not time for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jesus is re- working reverse psychology and says, Ooh, don't tell anyone, knowing that people are going to be like, well, I'm not supposed to tell. Well, then I'm going to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, maybe it's the gospel writers in hindsight trying to explain why things didn't get out so hardcore until mm-hmm. much later. There's, there's, it, we, we, don't, we don't know. But it happens a lot in Mark, and it's weird. Like it's, so much of this story. But look at verse 7. Where have I heard this before? This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. I've heard this it's before, like a, right? It's like a baptismal kind of thing, kind there of a baptism jam oh, going yes. on there. Mm-hmm. So there is this consistency, right, of this of this voice, this presence, uh, reminding people uh, that Jesus is who he says he is, uh, that he is beloved by God, that he is to be listened to. Um, that that message remains consistent as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it, it's nice that we get these kind of points of continuity. In the middle here, um, we have Jesus being transfigured before them, um, which, I, you know, what does that mean? Well, okay, uh, I can tell you what I know, which is that the word, the Greek word there is basically the word that we get metamorphosis from. Um, so that's what butterflies do. <laughs> You know, um, where does it get used? It is getting warm outside. Yeah, right. It, it's, it's it's February, confusing. but it's April. So <laughs> yeah, what do exactly. I know? Um, the other places that these words are used, um, like if you know the the verse, you know, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds in Romans 12, mm-hmm. uh, that transformed is the same word as this, as this transfiguration. Um why didn't we just say Jesus was transformed before them? I don't know, because we recognize that something a little different must mm-hmm. be going on here, right? Because it's it's not just every day that someone turns bright white right in front of your face and starts to sparkle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that right. seems like it's probably something unique to Jesus. So a different word has been, has been chosen here. Mm-hmm. What's really happening? I honestly don't know. This is what makes this day so strange. Is this this weird, very spiritual? I mean, when we use the phrase "mountaintop event," mm-hmm. like this is the actual, like this is what's being referenced. <laughs> um, so this very unique, very otherworldly, very spiritual event. For some reason, the church decided to enshrine as as a holiday, the one right before Lent happens, uh, so that we have to read it every year and. And ask ourselves every time, what is going on mm-hmm. here? Um, Pastor Kevin, if you were to take a pass at it, what would you say is going on here? Boy, this feels like a Cooperstown call-up. Like, all of a sudden, there is, there's there's the Harmon Killebrews, there's the Elijahs, there's the Moses, the Rod Carews, right? And they're getting, and all of a sudden, you know, to be in this kind of echelon where you know, Joe Maurer, we know he was a great baseball player, full stop. But when he got that call to then be enshrined kind of in the Hall of Fame, all of a sudden people are like, 
oh, he's legit now. And at some level, I think that there's they're trying to establish Jesus' legitimacy with the people who are re- receiving his story or you know, kind of uh, receiving this, uh, yeah, just receiving the story, hearing it for the first time. Again, not many people literate. So, you know, these are are folks who would have been hearing this story. And I think there is something about that of saying there has to be something that Jesus is in the same, you know, league as Elijah and Moses who were important people to the people of God uh, during that season. And to be able to be called up in this way really demonstrates yeah, Jesus. Jesus is the real deal. He is the Messiah that um, that Peter was kind of echoing when when asked that question. It does help, I think, to um, know who Elijah and Moses are. Mm-hmm. Um, so Elijah, one of the the key prophets that you hear about in the Old Testament, and in many ways represents the time of prophecy. Um, Moses, who is credited with bringing the law, the one who brought the people uh, from their enslavement into their freedom, um, you know, by by God's power and direction, of course. And so for the two of them, this these these pillars of faith, these pillars of, of important parts of the people's history, for Jesus to just be like chilling with them <laughs> hanging out i mean literally they appeared to them elijah and moses we're talking with jesus like mm-hmm. having a little chat session on this and mountain you get a dwelling and, and you get a dwelling right because peter wants dwelling. to stay put he's like this is mm-hmm. the coolest thing i've ever done in my whole life i am never leaving let us make <laughs> you little houses and we can hang out here and just revel in it um but but God interrupts that, right? The voice mm-hmm. comes down. This is my son, the beloved, listen to him. The point is not stay here and bask in the glory of this incredible and weird and shiny thing, but to take what you learned. Like you said, Pastor Kevin, that Jesus is who he says he is. There, there's something that needs to be learned here. Mm-hmm. Take that and carry it with you as you go out into what is to come, which is where the, the church leads into Lent from here. Take this reminder that Jesus is who he says he is. Take this reminder that he is a key part of God's story throughout history and take it into Lent as we journey toward the cross. Like mm-hmm. you need you need that to hold on to and to carry with you so that you realize how important this story really is. Absolutely. I love that. I love the the connection of saying we need to bring that with us on the journey. Uh, Martin Luther he he came up with what he called I think seven marks of the church. Have you heard of this yeah. before? So at some level, like he was trying to say, here are all the things that to find where the church is. You don't need it to find it in a building. You don't need to find it in in money or other things. You find it where these things are present. And he listed things like communion and baptism and some of those things. But the one mark that always sticks with me about where to find the church is in suffering and the cross. And he says that has to be there, you know, so where the church is struggling or the, where the church is having a challenge moment, like, and I feel like we're kind of on the doorstep of that with our own One Easter, One Mission campaign, where we're seeing that we see a world that needs Jesus and we want to participate in that. We want to help build that in some fashion. Um, so it's interesting that you, ta- you talked about, you know, here's Peter not wanting to come down the mountain, right? He doesn't want to, doesn't want to do that. I mean, what would you what would you say to someone who's like, you know, I, I don't want to go down the mountain? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I mean, I can give an example from my very recent history. Uh, you may have heard me joking recently about having gone to the convent. Because um, I did! I have some continuing education opportunities going on uh, through a program that runs out of Holy Wisdom Monastery just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. And I will tell you what, that place is a mountaintop place for me, which is funny because it's on a prairie. It's really flat. Like, <laughs> not they're trying to get rid of some of the old Interesting. trees. Yeah, it's not, this, the vibe is a little different. But what's true about it, it is this place where it feels so easy to be faithful. The bell mm. rings and I go to prayer. Um, the, the people are around me holding me accountable. Um, there's this contemplative spirit in the place. It feels so much easier to pray and to reflect and to be at peace and to listen. Ah, like, I could just stay there. But here's the thing. God has indeed not called me to be a nun. Like, it's just, it is not a thing for my life. Um, I can't stay there. I can't be there. I, God has called me to be out in the world, to face, like you've said, Pastor Kevin, that that suffering, right? Mm -hmm. That struggle. The whole life of faith is not like hiding from the problems. It's engaging the problems. I mean, that's something that Easter has been so good at for so long is looking what the community needs and saying, we're not just going to wall ourselves off in a little building and like just mm -hmm. do this all by ourselves mm -hmm. and feel nice about it. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to make sure that people are, are coming and going from this building, that Easter people are getting out into the world, that we're talking with people, that we're engaging them, and that, and that we have what we need, not just so that we can feel pretty and nice and safe, but that we have what we need so we can continue to go out and, and address that suffering and engage that struggle in people's lives. So it that for me is the example of it like if i were peter i'd be like i'm just gonna stay at the monastery because it's <laughs> peaceful and nice and the food is good let me mm -hmm. tell you what um but that's not that's not what i've been called to do mm -hmm. i'm grateful for those that have been called to that 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 is what god has called them to do because i feel like they can give me the little kick out the door and say this is our job not yours get out there <laughs> um and that's i mean i feel that in this right here. So I guess what I'm hoping for for you folks is that you can, you know, kind of take a breath and say, you know, what is it that I'm hoping for for my faith community? That it's a place that insulates me and keeps me safe and gives me what I want? Um, or is it a place that gives me what I need so I can get back out in the world so that a place that is hurting, a world that is hurting, can hear this story of, of love and care and compassion and, and, and that can, you know, receive this love and care that I have to offer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Friends, I hope you heard that. If you need to press pause, go back and listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing um, in our time. We hope that you, as you dig into Mark chapter eight and nine here too, that these reflections will, will encourage you to see that you're a part of something bigger going on here. And thanks be to God for that. So yeah. thanks for joining us for the podcast of the carry on cast yeah. which is the, the podcast, podcast of easter lutheran church <laughs> where our mission is to grow in faith and to carry on the work of jesus christ have a great day Shine.